Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 126 of Swish and Flick. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. I'm Sarah. And today this episode is sponsored by Janelle Fairchild. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Today we will be discussing chapter 3 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Advance Guard. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to Tiffany your way into the details <laughs> since we are without her today, as you can hear. Um, she is sick, sicker than the three of us. So she gets out and we get to keep going. She's got it way worse than us. So it's all good. Someone in the chat said, hashtag swish and sick. <laughs> yeah. um, so... Before we start, I'm going to go into the weekly profit. I wanted to um, let everybody know that I have shared and pinned Kira's fundraiser um, to our page. If anybody's interested in just making a direct donation, Kira has a Facebook fundraiser set up on his Facebook. You can just go ahead and donate if you have the available funds and are interested in donating. Um, We all would really appreciate it. And We're if trying you can't, to help Kira get his top surgery done. Sorry. If you can't donate yourself, um, share the story. You know, yeah. someone might want to donate. For anyway, sure. So. Sharing helps a lot more than I think some people think that it does. If you just give it a share, there might be somebody in your friends group who's interested in donating, and that would help Kira reach his goal faster. So thank you. Um, also... I wanted to highlight an Etsy shop that I found called Queer Creations CT, and they showcase female, disabled, and people of color characters, not just in Harry Potter, but like in all different types of fandoms. But I did find that they have a bunch of fun Potter merch on their Etsy. Um, They have wands, and they also have these really cute... um, Oh, coasters. That's the word I'm looking for. They have coasters that have like that are made out of like book pages from the books, and they're really really cute. And I will post the link to their shop for you. But if you want to search, it's called Queer Creations CT on Etsy. I love a good coaster. Yeah, honestly, I have a Space Mountain one that I use every day at work. <laughs> we have so many coasters; it's like unnecessary. But you know, we have a clean table. We do. There's no no water rings. Spots. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, who's going to do this for me? Oh, shoot. Sarah, Sarah, will you do it? Can you do it? 
<laughs> I can try, but I won't be any Tiffany. <laughs> it just it makes me nervous when I have to do other people's lines. <clears throat> it's the only one I'll make you do. Recap. Perfect. You even had like the. <laughs> I love it. All right. So last time, Mrs. Fig, she's a squib, and she knows way more than Harry thought, and she even knows Dumbledore. And Figgy and Mendungus Fletcher have been keeping an eye on Harry all summer, and Dung abandoned his post. That's why the Dementors swooped on in. Figgy had to come running with her cat bag swinging. <laughs> so she she wallops him with cat food and walks Harry and Dudley home. There's lots of owls in that chapter. Harry is almost expelled from Hogwarts and almost kicked out of the Dursley household. And we find out that Petunia has some weird connection to the wizarding world, maybe? What a night. What a night. <laughs> I want to add something to the recap really quick before we go on to the summary for this one. Um, add to the... Has this ever happened before? No, it hasn't, but I'm upset that we didn't talk about it in the last episode, so I wanted to bring it up, because our listener, Cheryl, posted in the Facebook group, shout out to Cheryl, who reminded us to point out that Mafalda Hopkirk, the woman who sent Harry his expulsion letter, is also the witch that Hermione impersonates at the Ministry in Deathly Hallows. And we just, like, completely skimmed over that. And I was like, oh my gosh, why did we skim over that? So, just a reminder. Just wanted to put that little connection out there for you guys. Thank you, Cheryl. Honestly, like, like I've said, I haven't read this book in so long, it's almost brand new information to me. That's exaggeration. That's but brand new information! information. Um, <clears throat> so, like, I forget things like that. And that's what's so great about having so many people in our community. Because we can go back and forth with all this knowledge knowledge is power mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay so i'm gonna summarize the chapter because i never do that so it's something new guys <laughs> <laughs> so harry keeps himself to his room basically for the rest of the time there he sends hedwig um with some letters and he's kind of really not nice to her and when i say kind of he really isn't nice to her um and he's hoping for a quick reply from his friends but uh he doesn't get any big surprise there so a few days later, the Dursleys leave him, um, and while they, you know, go all out for the night, on, they all go out for the night, um, and he's basically told to stay in his room and not do anything, which is what he's been doing for the past three days. So whilst in there, he uh, hears some people downstairs, and then it turns out it's a bunch of people that he knows, some new and some old faces, um, and they're t there to take him away, ha ha, he he, to the Grimwald place. <laughs> <laughs> so they're basically taking him from number four perfect drive to a new location we don't know what that is yet they leave on broomsticks and after a bit of a flight they're finally there the headquarters of the order of the phoenix we're officially nice. there so somehow someway i was nominated <laughs> hi this is me katie i'm pretending to be tiffany right now should i just like say really loud should i just say the whole thing really loud because that'd be so different <laughs> for me Go for it. <laughs> so, these are not my notes, so if I stumble over them, I apologize. I'm just going to have to deal with it. Alright, so we start off the chapter with, right off the bat, Harry's writing some letters. So he writes, I've just been attacked by Dementors, and I might be expelled from Hogwarts. I want to know what's going on, and when I'm going to get out of here. <clears throat> so he copies that three times. I don't have a bell. Shame. Ding. Ding. He copies that three times onto different pieces of parchment. And it's one to Sirius, one to Ron, and one to Hermione. So he's not messing around. He's like, look, I've been waiting anyway. I'm ticked off anyway. Stuff's actually happening. Someone better clue me in to what's going on. I mean, I don't blame him. I don't either. I would be so frustrated right now if I was in his mm -hmm. shoes. Mm -hmm. 
Like, give me something. Let me know that, like, you're working on something. That, like, there's going to be a conclusion sometime. Like, I don't know. I know. I really, I don't know. Like, reading this, reading Order of the Phoenix again, I've read it more recently than you've read it, Kate. But even now, like, I've I've only read it, like, leisurely. So now that I'm reading it as, like, <laughs> pick apart, not that this isn't fun. Obviously it is. But, like, leisurely. it's different than just, like, going chapter to chapter as fast as you want to. Um, it's just, like, I really, really feel for Harry. And I don't think that I've ever felt for Harry the way that I feel for Harry on this reread. Yeah, I agree. Especially because going over Goblet of Fire the way we did, which I'd obviously never, never done before, and I've haven't read that book very often either. Like, I just, we all, I think, really understood more of where he was coming from and could really wrap our head around it instead of just being like, oh, he's just being a hormonal teenager. Like, Mm -hmm. no, there's a lot of other things going on. I legitimately never, ever thought about Harry having PTSD until this reread. Yeah. I don't don't know why I never thought that, but I didn't. And it makes so much sense. I think it just maybe it wasn't talked about as much whenever I was reading it originally. Like, or I was just younger i don't know but yeah i never really thought about it until someone like kind of pointed it out <clears throat> and i like really thought about like what he went through um because it's been as much as like this is one of my favorite books um out of the seven i would say that my favorite um i haven't read it in a long time and when the last time i read it i was significantly younger so i don't have as much you know i didn't have as much life experience and like thought behind what i was reading and um sheesh i know i know so Hedwig's off hunting, so poor Harry has to wait for her to come back. So he's pretty much just stewing. Um, so he's pacing, his brain's all busy, his head's pounding. He's so tired that his eyes are stinging, but like he, there's no way he can go to sleep right now. Um, he's just been through a horrific accident, and uh, there's no chocolate yet. No chocolate. <laughs> um, the giver of chocolate has not arrived yet. Oh, but he will. <laughs> He will. My redemption book, yes. <clears throat> you said you wouldn't cough and I'm coughing. Here's a cough drop. Thanks. <laughs> so all of his feelings about what has just happened and what he's been through all summer and what happened at the end of the year at Hogwarts, everything's building. He's like clenching his fists. He's grinding his teeth. He's shooting angry looks outside the window. He's just like reeling about what just happened. So here's a quote from the book. Dementors sent to get him. Mrs. Fig and Mendungus Fletcher tailing him in secret. Then suspension from Hogwarts and a hearing at the Ministry of Magic, and still no one was telling him what was going on. And what? What had that howler been about? Whose voice had echoed so horribly, so menacingly through the kitchen? Why was he still trapped here without information? Why was everyone treating him like some naughty kid? Don't do any more magic, stay in the house. So obviously he's pretty angry, so he kicks his school trunk. But that just makes him more mad because now his toe hurts on top of everything else. Have you ever had one of those moments where, like... Oh, yeah. Even if you... I've had these moments, especially when what I'm mad about shouldn't have spiraled into how angry I am. Like, Harry has reason here. But then you'll mm-hmm. do something else, like... You'll just angrily throw something down, but then it ends up hurting you, and you're just like, Oh, of course! <laughs> it sucks. Um, so here's Hedwig come in. <laughs> and quote from Tiffany, Like the quality bird she is. She caught a frog. The goodest girl. harry's not excited about the frog he actually takes all of his anger and frustration out on her poor hedwig 
So he takes those, he takes his letters, he ties it to her, and he said, take these straight to Sirius, Ron, and Hermione, and don't come back without good long replies. Keep pecking them till they've written decent length answers if you've got to. Understand? She gives a muffled hooting noise, her beak still full of frog, and he says, get going then. So she listens, like the good bird she is, but as soon as she's gone, Harry feels absolutely terrible. She's his only friend when he's at Privet Drive, so he's already making plans to be like, I'll make it up to her when she gets back. Um, but Tiffany says, however, this makes me think. We know Hedwig's timeline. They do not have many years left together. Tiffany's sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've, we could be upset with one another, but don't let it linger. We need to remember that life is, sh- life is short and we are not promised tomorrow. So love each other, forgive, be good to one another. Tiffany's soapbox and PSA. So Harry's convinced that they're going to write back to him quick. Like, there's no way that they can ignore this Dementor attack. Clearly, they'll show some concern. They'll be like, all right, we got to clue Harry in. So he goes to bed, finally, thinking he's going to wake up to three fat letters full of sympathy um, Hmm. tomorrow morning. Uh, And he would immediately be whisked away to the burrow and all would be well. The end. But Hedwig doesn't come back the next morning. So Harry stays in the room, only leaving to go to the bathroom. Uh, Three times a day, Ampetunia shoves shoves food through his cat flap, which, like, Good God, this is so not okay that he has a cat flap on his door from three summers ago. Um, so every so time what is that chamber, yes, yeah, because that's when they put bars on his window and <clears throat> right, they were like, right. they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, do you think? So he's Mom, clearly they put able bars on his window. You best, you hope, best I hope I don't put, I don't put bars, bars on your window, window Ronald Weasley. Weasley. <clears throat> so, like, question though. So Ampetunia's feeding him still. He's not confined to his room, right? He's just doing that to himself? Yes, I think so. That's so, what it seemed like when I read it. I think. That's a little care from Petunia. True. After this big explosion, and she's reminded of why her nephew needs to stay there, and they have this little shared moment that they've never had before concerning his mother, her sister. Like, maybe she actually gives a little bit of a care. I kind of think that that letter scared her. The howler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe so that's it. like, oh shoot, like either A, I'm being watched, so I have to like be good, or, or B, sure she die. actually remembered like what happened and why he's there. So she's like all of a sudden remembering that she has to care. Right. I think it's probably a little combination of both. A little fear, a little, maybe a little tic tac of sympathy. A little. Maybe. Um, so Harry's thinking. He, every time Petunia comes around, Harry wants to grill her about what the howler meant, but he says he might as well have interrogated the doorknob for all the answers he got because clearly Petunia didn't talk to him before now. Why is she gonna tell him this big secret that clearly she's been having for years? So the Dursleys kept their distance from him and he kept out of their way too. So three days go by and Harry is just. He's fuming. I mean. It's terrible. So, quote, Harry was filled alternately with restless energy that made him unable to settle settle to anything, during which he paced his bedroom again, furious at the whole lot of them for leaving him to stew in this mess, and with a lethargy lethargy so complete that he could lie on his bed for an hour at a time, staring dazedly into space, aching with dread at the thought of the ministry hearing. So then he goes to thinking about everything that could happen, and all the questions he has. So, like, what if they ruled against him? What if he was expelled? What if they took his wand away and destroyed it? What would he do? Where would he go? 
clearly he's not going to stick around with the Dursleys, so he's like, maybe I could move in with Sirius, like, or am I going to be sent to Azkaban? So on the fourth night of Harry lying on his bed in one of his apathetic phases, it's very emo Harry, he's staring at the ceiling, exhausted, mind blank, and then Vernon comes into his room. Sarah, was your hand up or no? I was just going to say, that oh, just sorry, reminds me, you. like, no, you're fine. I was going <laughs> to wait till you're done. You're good. Um, <clears throat> that, like, that's how my anxiety works. You know what I mean? You're thinking of, like, Dude. you know, what's going to happen to this thing? You're thinking all the possible outcomes. You know, like, at least in my experience, like, I'm trying to prepare myself, but really all that's doing is making me more anxious and, like, lose sleep and either I'm eating too much or I'm not eating enough or I'm, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, that, that to me, like, makes me anxious just thinking of, like, how he was working through all of this stuff. I hear that so much. I was, I was definitely, I was going to say, like, that right there is pure anxiety. Like, that just shows, like, the anxiety that Harry's feeling over this whole situation. And I mean, just about, I mean, he just has anxiety in general, but then, like, to have this happen on top of it, it's just, like, tenfold now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Vernon comes up to Harry's room and tells him that they're going to go out, meaning him, Petunia, and Dudley. And Harry is not to leave his room, touch anything, do anything. And he's being locked in his room. But Harry, which, like, I don't understand why. Like, Harry hasn't even left his room. Why does Vernon feel the need that he actually has to lock him up? Like, whatever. But that's just Vernon. Um... Harry doesn't even argue about it, though. He's so just unresponsive and, like, honestly depressed. He doesn't even, like, care to argue. Um, Harry couldn't even summon the energy to get up and turn the lights on in his room after Vernon left. And to me, this is a clear sign of depression. He feels secluded. No one will respond to him. He may be expelled. He has no energy. He doesn't seem to care or argue about something that he normally would have. Um, I looked up on WebMD how to detect depression and like he clearly has a ton of these symptoms so I'm just going to read some of them. Trouble concentrating or making decisions, fatigue, feelings of guilt, worthlessness, helplessness, pessimism and hopelessness, insomnia, irritability, restlessness, loss of interest in things once pleasurable, uh, overeating or appetite loss, like, clearly he's not going down for meals. Petunia has to bring them up to him, so he doesn't have a need to, like, want to go and eat. And just, like, persistent, sad, anxious, or empty feelings, which, like, she's clearly describing here. And I think that, like, the whole start of this chapter is just, like, describing depression and anxiety. And which, you know, comes along with PTSD. Like, it's, they, they can go hand in hand. So it, it makes a lot of sense that he has all of these symptoms for depression. Um, so it grows dark in the house and quiet. Says the empty house creaked around him. The pipes gurgled. Harry lay there in a kind of stupor, thinking of nothing, suspended in misery. And I was just like, dang, that's sad. Like, I just feel bad for him um so then there's a crash and harry immediately thinks that it could be burglars and he grabs his wand and goes to stand facing the door but then he like can hear them being very loud so then he questions well maybe it's not burglars because they're not doing a very good job 
at keeping quiet. Um, so he's like just listening, 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 and then all of a sudden his door unclicks and it's unlocked and it swings open. And he couldn't hear anything or see anything and he heads downstairs and then right in the hallway <clears throat> are eight or nine people ding, ding. standing there. Ding, ding. <laughs> uh, so you hear Moody's voice and Harry is has his wand out. So Moody tells him to lower his wand and Harry is surprised to hear his voice. He also is still sort of suspicious, seeing as the last time he was in Moody's company, he was actually in Judy's company. Um, I want Harry to call him that in his head. I know. He's like, oh, shoot, that's Judy. (laughs) Or or is it Moody? (laughs) Come on, Harry. Listen to our podcast. Um, (laughs) But then he hears Remus Lupin. Yeah. And Harry's heart leaps. Yeah, it does. So did mine. Woo-hoo! <laughs> so, like, he hears Moody's voice, and he is surprised because that's, well, A, it's finally someone familiar. Clearly something is happening because, like, that's a connection to Dumbledore. Um, but then he hears Remus, and I feel like when he hears Remus's voice, it's like, Remus is an adult in his life that he, like, fully 100% trusts. So I think that as soon as he heard Remus's voice he had to have felt a little trickle of happiness come in, just kind of like, oh my gosh, finally something is happening. My connection to the wizarding world. I have a connection right in front of me. Yeah, like like somebody that I have a real relationship with is standing in front of me. Um, He had to have, like, felt such relief. So then he hears a woman's voice who we have never heard before. It's unfamiliar to Harry. (laughs) What? Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Um... And he asked why, she asked why they were all standing in the dark and then casts Lumos, so now Harry can see again. Ta-da! <laughs> so the wand tip flares, illuminating the hall with magical light, and Harry blinks. The people below were crowded around the foot of the stairs, gazing intently up at him, some craning their heads for a better look. Remus Lupin stood nearest to him. Though still quite young, Lupin looked tired and rather ill. He had more gray hair than when Harry had said goodbye to him, and his robes were more patched and shabbier than ever. Nevertheless, he was smiling broadly at Harry, who tried to smile back through his shock. So we know that the woman's voice is Tonks. So I'm just going to refer to her as Tonks because that's easier for me. Oh my god, my cat is so cute. He just, like, rolled over on his back like a dog and stretched his legs out straight, and that was adorable. Okay, anyway. So I'm just going to refer to her as Tonks because we already know, but we'll meet her in Katie's part, so. Mm -hmm. Um, Tonks has purple hair, making Katie's argument about Order of the Phoenix completely invalid now. I do talk about that in my section. She was like, I can't believe they gave Tonks purple hair. She's supposed to have pink hair. And then she's reading it and she's like, she does have purple hair. (laughs) I was wrong. Not for long. Yeah, true. true. So they did still screw up. No, because she gets mad, it turns to pink, and then she shakes it and it goes back to not what happens in the book. Whatever. It's not. I'll tell you. Okay, well, we all know that the movies change a lot of stuff from Mm -hmm. the book. 
So Harry kind of, at this point, hates how he's being ogled at by everybody. Like, they're all talking about him almost as if he's not standing there for a second. And I think it's Kingsley who says something like, oh, wow, Remus, like, he really does look exactly how you said he would. He looks just like James. And then somebody else replies with, except with Lily's eyes. Um, And then Moody is immediately back to business, and he's like, Lupin, check to make sure that that's Harry for real, because he could be an imposter. Um, His quote actually is, it'd be a nice lookout if we bring back some Death Eater impersonating him. We ought to ask him something only the real Potter would know. Unless anyone brought any Veritaserum. Dude's intense, So, uh, Remus asks Harry what his Patronus form is, and... Obviously, Harry knows that and says that it's a stag, so Remus is like, yes, this is Harry. He passes the test, and then Moody yells at Harry for putting his wand in his back pocket. Uh, I love this, this like, quote. <laughs> probably one of, the, one of the most famous, like, fandom favorite quotes, I think. Like, I, f- I hear it quoted all the time on the internet, Reddit, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. He says, don't put your wand there, boy, roared Moody. What if it ignited? Better wizards than you have lost buttocks, you know. Who do you know who's lost a buttock, the violent-haired woman asked Mad-Eye interestedly. Never you mind. You just keep your wand out of your back pocket, growled Mad-Eye. Elementary wand safety. Nobody bothers about it anymore. He stumped off toward the kitchen. And I saw that, he said irritably, as the woman rolled her eyes at the ceiling. (laughs) I love Tonks and Mad-Eye's relationship. I know, it's so great. He's her mentor, right? Or was? In order training? So, like, here's this gruff old dude, like, he's been through everything, and here's this, like, spunky, young, new little witch who's really good at what she does, but she'll just throw it right back at him. Yeah, it's for awesome. sure. Um, so Remus finally asks the question that I think Harry's been wanting somebody to ask him for weeks. Just a simple, how are you? Why? Because Remus is boss, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I think Remus is one of the best father figures in Harry's life. So. I mean, you're going to have no arguments from me. He's better than Sirius. Come at me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Harry could hardly believe that this was real. Four weeks with nothing, not the tiniest hint of a plan to remove him from Privet Drive, and suddenly a whole bunch of wizards were standing matter-of-factly in the house as though this were a long-standing arrangement, which it probably was. Mm -hmm. He glanced at the people surrounding Lupin. They were still gazing avidly at him. He felt very conscious of the fact that he had not combed his hair for four days. It's like it's like the opposite of like when you get all gussied up and you go out somewhere and no one sees you, but then the day that you like have to run to the store and you're just like in whatever like you pajamas, run into somebody, you run into someone you know, mm. and you're like, shoot, why are you here? Um, so then we find out that Tonks is actually the one who got the Dursleys to leave. She sent them a letter by Muggle Post saying that they'd been shortlisted for the All England Best Kept Suburban Lawn Competition, and of course the Dursleys would fall for that BS. Uh, so they were off to the prize giving right now, or they think that they are. Uh, also, Harry wanted confirmation that they were indeed leaving, and he got it, thankfully, again from Remus, I think. Um, they were just waiting for the all clear. So they would not be going to the borough either, he finds out. It's too risky, according to Remus, but they had set up headquarters somewhere undetectable, though it has taken a while. Who's ready to hear my voice again? 
Sarah, I, I feel am... like you should talk about something for like half a second. <laughs> just <to break> <laughs> well, I wonder what has taken them a while. I know. Yeah, like is it is it just like making a spot unplottable and undetectable? Like is that what took a while or did it take a while to gather everybody back up or both or what? Yeah, like how long does it take to cast the I'm drawing a blank. What's the name of the charm? Fidelius or whatever. Yeah, right. Fi- something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fidelius charm. Maybe it does. Yeah. Plus, like, you know they're going to do, like, all those Rapello Muggletum and all that stuff, too. Like, basic enchantments of protection. Yeah. I don't know. I could, I'm sure there's more than the Fidelius charm on Grimald Place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> like, just think of all the things that Hermione casts on their little campsite, mm-hmm. you know, when they're mm-hmm. out in Deathly Hollows. Yeah. All right, so my boy starts introducing the crew. So first there's Moody, the actual real-life Moody TM. So <laughs> Harry feels weird about getting introduced to him, though, because, like, he knows him, but he... feels he like he should know him. Don't? Doesn't know him? Yeah. yeah, like, he thought he knew him for almost a full year, and he has never actually met the real Moody. So, uh, then it's Tonks, and I like this little quip between them, it's cute, um, Remus gets scolded because he starts saying, and this is Nymphadora, and she says, don't call me Nymphadora, call me Tonks, and he's like, this is Nymphadora Tonks, who would rather be called by her surname, like, I was gonna get there, you should've just let me finish. Um, Uh, Also, I- I kind of wish that they would have kept Remus as the one saying that in the movie instead of Moody, because Moody says it in the movie. Remus isn't there in the movie. At all. You're right. Yeah, I know. What the heck? Also, I really like this conversation that is going on in the Discord chat about Tonks and how they think that she is, like, pan or bisexual because she's a metamorphagus and she can basically just, like, be whatever she wants. So even is she, like, non-binary, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> she I could I think be. it's interesting. I mean, she can change her appearance to be whatever she wants to be. Yeah. And actually, shout out to the one Etsy illustrator. Her name is Sydney. Her Etsy is Sid Sketch. She's the one who did those really awesome Marauders Polaroids that I bought at LeakyCon in Boston. She's one of my and faves. And she is like, she has created my favorite headcanon drawing of the trio and she like made the trio more like Hermione is black Harry is half Indian and then Ron is the ginger he's just a ginger <laughs> but like <laughs> we love it's just, with such sadness it's just no, a ginger I love gingers but um <clears throat> I just love her like I love her drawings and she did a recent drawing of Tonks as what she believes as like non-binary or bisexual um and she posted it on her Instagram which is Sid Sketch so you should go check it out. I really love how she draws the characters and she has vowed for 2020 to draw only um LGBTQ representations of characters. So her like very first drawing of 2020 I believe was Remus and Sirius as a couple, and then her second one was Tonks. So I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Yeah, but I love her stuff, so you should go check it out. Yeah. All right, back to introductions. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. Don't apologize. So we have Kingsley Shacklebolt, who's this cool dude with a hoop earring. Awesome. I love Kingsley. I know. I think Kingsley's, like, 
super underrated, and I think they nailed him in the films. Oh, totally. My favorite um, thing in the movies is when um, <laughs> I know what you're gonna Dumbledore say. <laughs> leaves his office, and he's like, "You gotta admit, Dumbledore's got style." Yeah, <laughs> his Such delivery is so good. <laughs> Um, and I'll go into these characters a little bit more after I give a quick description. Then there's Elpheus Dodge, that's mm-hmm. how I say it, uh, who is the wheezy-voiced wizard who said hello before. Um, and I believe this is the same... Oh, is this the same dude yes. in the film who had, like, 25 shirts on at Bill and Fleur's wedding? Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and look. <laughs> he literally has 25 rope shirts on. Yeah, he's the guy that talks to Harry about Dumbledore and mm-hmm. his obituary. He writes Dumbledore's obituary, I think, for the Daily Prophet. Yeah, because they, they were friends. Yeah. Um, we have Daedalus Diggle, who points who points out that him and Harry had met before. This is also the same guy that Harry met in Leak Cauldron, who then reminded him that he had seen him another time when he bowed to him when he oh, was out with Petunia and Dudley. Yes, and Petunia was not pleased. Um, there's Emmeline Vance, who's a stately-looking witch. Sturtis Podmore, who's a square-jawed wizard with thick straw-colored hair, who gives Harry a wink. And lastly, there's Hestia Jones, a pink-cheeked, black-haired witch. So just a quick... Um, I looked these guys up, and the only one who really had more information was Kingsley, but, like, still not a lot. Um, so Kingsley, he... Um, when the Order of the Phoenix reformed in 95, there was a special effort made to recruit spies within the Ministry of Magic. So here's one of them. The other one... Um, so Shacklebolt and Tonks, they were the two Aurors who were spies for the Order. Um, he and Arthur pretended not to get along with each other at work, which I think is hilarious. Um, obviously he's part of the advanced guard that helped Harry escape. Um, and although Kingsley was supposed to be the Auror in charge of the search for Sirius Black, his search was a complete sham. So among other things, he reported that Sirius was in Tibet, and, uh, he was so successful at protecting Sirius that the Ministry never found him, obviously, as we know. We have Elpheus Dodge, who was part of the original Order of the Phoenix. As a child, he suffered from a bout of dragon pox, and when he came to Hogwarts, he still showed signs, which I didn't look up what the signs were, but I'm pretty sure you, like, turn green or something. It's I something that sounds right. crazy. And the only one who had befriended him was Dumbledore. Um, and later, the two of them planned to make the tra- traditional tour of the Wizarding World together, but then Albus had to stay back because of what everything that happened with his family. Um, Daedalus Diggle was a member of the Order of the Phoenix in both the First and Second Wars. That's all we really know about him. Emmeline Vance was a member also in the beginning and now. And she actually, she has a sad and quick ending that will be coming, I think, within this book. Um, and then Sturgis Podmore. I liked the the um, etymology I found. So Sturge's last name suggests a possible family connection to Sir Patrick Delaney Podmore, the ghost mm. who leads the headless hunt. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then Hestia Jones, all I really found in her was she's a new member of the Order of the Phoenix. Thanks, Lexicon. Mm. <laughs> so Harry feels like he's sort of just been like ushered up on stage. Like everyone's just staring at him. He wishes they would look at something else. And he's thinking, like, why are so many of them here? And it's almost as if Remus reads his mind. And he's like, there was a surprising amount of people who volunteered to come and get you. So I wonder if they're just, like, ready and raring to go and, like, you know, the orders formed, we're doing stuff. Or if a lot of them were like, I need to see Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, maybe they were kind of just interested in, like, seeing Harry. But you would think, like, 
they know that they're bringing him to Grimald Place, and, like, they're a part of the Order, so they'll probably see him right. at Grimald Place. But, yeah, I guess maybe that's more of, like, a guaranteed, like, oh, I'll get to see and meet Harry Potter. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's um, spiteful, or not spiteful, like, no. harmful in any way, no. but, I mean, yeah. everyone in the Wizarding World is just, like, Harry Potter. Like, this kid is gold, you know? Um, so <laughs> Moody tells him that they are his guard, and Remus says, we're just waiting for the signal. And Tonks can't get over how clean these muggles are. A bit too clean. Which, if you look at my apartment, yep. They're way <laughs> too clean. <laughs> um, Harry's like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. And then he turns to Remus. He's like, look, what's going on? I haven't heard anything from anyone. What's... And he starts saying Voldemort. And then a bunch of them are like, no, no, no. They shush him. And Moody tells him to shut up. He says, we're not discussing it here. It's too risky. And then Moody gets angry because apparently his eye has been getting stuck ever since, quote, the scum wore it. And, uh, quote, with a nasty squelching sound, much like a plunger being pulled from a sink, he popped out his eye! <laughs> and he drops it into a glass uh. of water. What would Aunt Petunia say about an eyeball being in one of her glasses? Um, so Harry's like, well, how are we going to be getting to wherever we're going? Um, so they're going to be taking brooms because he's too young to apparate. The flu network is watched, and it's just not worth their lives to uh set up an unauthorized porky and uh, apparently remus was talking about harry a lot because kingsley's like oh remus says you're a pretty good flyer and remus is like no he's excellent so tonks goes with harry upstairs to pack and she's on her clean rant again <laughs> and she says funny place it's a bit too clean do you know what i mean bit unnatural oh this is better as soon as they enter harry's room she's like this looks familiar <laughs> Um, so seeing as he's been in there for four days and in a really bad mood, he hasn't really picked up anything. So most of the books he owned were all over the floor. Um, Hedwood's cage needed cleaning out and it was starting to smell. His trunk was open. There was just like a jumble of clothes spilling out. It's me. So Harry starts throwing things in his trunk and Tonks is looking in the mirror. And she's like, I don't really think purple's my color. And she asks Harry, like, does it make me look a bit peaky? And Harry's like, um, like... <laughs> I Doesn't don't know. even have a chance to answer. Right, and she's like, no, it's it's not. It's not my color. So she screws up her eyes in, like, this expression like she's trying to remember something, and her hair turns bubblegum pink. Um. So again, quick shout out. I was wrong. Her hair was purple for a while, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry, like, just stares at her, and he's like, how did you do that? So she's a metamorphmagus, which is our first encounter with one of these people slash beings. I don't know how the ministry would categorize her. Um, but that basically means that she can change her appearance at will. Um, you have to be born one. And she mentions that she got top marks in concealment and disguise during aura training without any studying. Which feels like a like a Ravenclaw thing to me, even though I know she's Hufflepuff. <laughs> um... So we found out that she qualified as an Auror just a year ago. She almost failed stealth and tracking because she's, quote, dead clumsy. So she's the one that broke the plate earlier in the chapter when Harry hears people come in and he thinks there's burglars. And this is where we learn that Kingsley's also an Auror. Um, so Harry asks if you can learn to be a metamorphagus, and Tonks kind of laughs, and she says, I bet you wish you could hide that scar sometimes. And this is kind of, like, I know Harry's always been uncomfortable with people looking at his scar, but this is, I feel like, the first time that says Harry doesn't like it when people look at his scar, and he turns away mm -hmm. from her. Yeah. Like, he makes a conscious effort to be annoyed by it. 
So they wasted time talking, so Tonks does a quick pack spell, and everything kind of, like, just flies into Harry's trunk. And she's like, oh, my mom does it so much better. Even the socks fold themselves. And she tries, but it just kind of flops. Um, she even scourgifies some of Hedwig's droppings out of her cage, which, you know, Harry, you should probably take better care of your pets. She's super and be nicer to them. Yeah, she's super impressed with Harry's firebolt. Uh, so they head back to the kitchen, and Remus, yes. I have a question. So, like, Harry gets a letter because Dobby does spell does a spell in front of him. Why didn't the ministry notice all of this? Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe because like it, they're using the wand, like she's using the wand. I don't know. And there's no yeah. muggles around. That's why. Oh, so it's oh, not maybe. as important. Yeah, that's got right. it. That's yeah. That's got to be it. So Remus was just finishing a letter to the Dursleys, so he says, Harry, I've left a letter telling your aunt and uncle not to worry. Harry says, they won't. That you're safe. That'll just depress them. And you'll see them next summer. Do I have to? (laughs) Poor Harry. So this is something in the Wizarding World that I would love to experience, because it just sounds really cool. Uh, Moody puts a disillusionment charm on Harry. So basically that makes you, like, you're not invisible, but it's like you just blend, like, you become whatever the background is. So you're kind of like a human chameleon, as it says in the book. And I love that description. Mm-hmm. So Moody, like, taps him on the head with his wand, and it feels like an egg has cracked and is, like, dripping and trickling down. I just think that sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. You know what that reminds me of? What's that, like, game you, like, play? It's like, is it concentrate? And it's like, drop an egg on your head and, like, let the yolk fall down. That's what it makes me think of. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Concentrate. Concentrate. Yeah, it's like called concentrate. Fun little fact about You've the. Never d- done that. No. Weird. Oh yes, I have. Okay. Throwback to like grade school. Yeah. Uh, fun little fact about the disillusionment charm: hippogriff and winged horses may be kept by wizards as long as they perform a disillusionment charm on them regularly, so that muggles won't notice anything strange about them. <laughs> and you can also create kind of like an invisibility cloak if you do that charm on a cloak but it's probably not nearly as good. Mm. That's why Ron, like, is like, oh, that's like a real invisibility cloak whenever he sees Harry's the first time. Yeah. Um, So Harry gets the lowdown, so they'll head outside for the signal. Um, They're going to fly in close formation. Tonks will be in front, Remus will be below, and the rest are going to be circling around him. And Moody's like, don't break ranks even if one of us is killed. And Tonks says, stop being so cheerful, Mad-Eye. He'll think we're not taking this seriously. And Kingsley's like, no one's gonna die. We're fine. So the next signal comes with red sparks and then green sparks. And then they're off. Whoosh. So, now they're flying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it says, like, in the book, Harry, um, Harry obviously is flying. It brings him such, like, a great pleasure because that's one of the things that he loves to do the most, and it's kind of serving as a distraction for all of his thoughts that he's been having about the um, ministry hearing. And Moody is shouting directions on where they have to go. So Harry's following Tonks, who's in front of them. They have to fly higher so they can make sure that they aren't seen by muggles below them. Um, And then Harry's thoughts were kind of the fact that, um, because he's seeing all the little dots of cars driving around, that Vernon might be driving home right now in a rage about the non-existence of the uh, long competition. And that made Harry a very happy camper. Um, 
And he's also just happy that he's flying. So Moody wanted them to keep climbing, and they, they see some clouds, and he's like, yeah, we'll lose ourselves in the clouds. And Tonks is like, ah, no, we're not, because uh, <laughs> I don't want to get soaked, and nobody else here wants to get soaked. Um, and Harry's very grateful for that, because his hands are starting to go numb, because he's so cold. Um, and so Moody, the whole time, is kind of having them alter their course, just in case someone is following them. And Harry's talking about um, how it's so cold that it reminded him of the Quidditch game in third year against Hufflepuff, and that it was so cold then, and then I'd also like to point out that it's the same game where the Dementors attacked Harry and like came in and tried to suck his soul out. Mm-hmm. Um, a little tangent. Someone posted in our group, it was um, like a little cartoon of Dementors talking to each other about their, like, he has two souls, and it's like I know. It's like I just want to give him like one kiss, and like he'd like he'd be so much better, or something like that. Trying to like get the one soul out of like give him a kiss on his forehead. I thought it was funny. I saw that. I saw that too. That was funny. <clears throat> um, so Harry doesn't really know how long they've been flying at the point at this point, but he seems to him like that they've been up there at least an hour. Oof. So. And I don't know if you guys have ever, I know I've done this when, like, I'm really cold or, like, really hot. Like, I'll think of, um, try to, like, think of things to, like, make me warmer. Like, just being, like, in a hotter room or, like, on the beach somewhere or, like, inside an air conditioning, vice versa, you know? So Harry's kind of seeing the cars below him um, and he's thinking about being inside a nice, warm, dry car. Um, and then another way, like he's talking, thinking about how he, they could have gone by flu powder or used flu powder, done that. Uh, and that's kind of like a little bit of a reminder um, of just a different way that witches and wizards travel. Because mm-hmm. he's rem- reminiscing of like, oh, the warm flames would be so nice right now. Um, and then Moody's like, all right, now we're going to double back because we're going to really make sure that we aren't followed. And Tonks is not having it, being like, we're almost there, we're not doing it. And then Lupin cuts, and he's like, let's just start the descent. Um, So they start the descent, the ground is, like, coming up, and Harry's kind of soon is able to tell the difference between, like, individual headlights and chimneys and, you know, different buildings and all this stuff. And they finally land in a small square. So Harry kind of looks around at the buildings, um, and it doesn't look like a very appealing place. No pun intended, because there were some peeling uh, paint <laughs> on some of the doors. Many of them. Um, there were some broken windows. Um, and he's like, huh, where are we? And they don't answer him. So Moody pulls something out of his pocket or something like that. And it looks like a cigarette lighter. And he raises it into the air. And he clicks it. And for each click, a street light went out with a pop. So then Moody kept kept clicking it until all the lights were out. And the only lights that were on were the ones that were inside people's um, houses and then the moon. And so then it says that Moody borrowed it from Dumbledore. And then it says that it was the put-outer. And then later on, it's called the Deluminator. And there are some people that don't care for the fact that that name has been changed. Um, <coughs> Harless. <laughs> <laughs> he is one of them. But, like, why change it? I don't know. I don't know. The put outer. <laughs> and you also see it used in um, uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then Moody kind of leads them out of, out of the square onto the pavement, and then they're all flanked. Like Harry's flanked by all of them. Um, and Moody gives Harry a piece of parchment, and he tells him to read it quickly. And so he's holding his wand so Harry can actually read it, holding his wand with Lumos. 
Um, and the writing looked somewhat familiar, and it read, The headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix may be found at number 12, Grimwald Place, London. Um, and that's the end of the chapter. Dun, dun, um, but dun. before I go on, I did want to point out, I loosely Googled how far Surrey and London are from each other. And I don't know when the last time I looked something up on Google Maps, and I do this quite often, but I, it must have changed to walking. <laughs> so, like, if you do a city, it'll just be, like, generic. Like, I think it maybe goes, like, right in the center. I'm not sure how Google Maps does its thing. Um, if you don't put in, like, a specific address, and I didn't. So, I literally just said from London, UK, to Surrey, UK. It will take you roughly eight hours and 33 minutes to walk it. <laughs> so, by broom, yeah, it probably would be, like, a little over an hour. Yeah. So, just the thought, I'm like, hmm, I wonder, like... And that's, too, like, if you're adding in all of the, like, lefts and rights and this and that that Moody had in to really make sure that they were not being followed. Sarah, I love it. Were you going to say something? I was going to ask, isn't the Deluminator called the Deluminator in Fantastic Beasts, too? Um, I don't know. Because that would be, like, super out of order the fact that it was the deluminator then the put outer then the deluminator i think they only call it the put outer because harry doesn't actually know what it is yet i guess and as a reader you don't learn what it is until deathly hollows true that's how i took it i don't know harry wouldn't even think to call it a put outer do you think i don't know what else are you gonna call it the delighter a deluminator. (laughs) (laughs) i might have the um screenplay like right next to me so y'all talk and i'll look okay um, okay, lightning bolt. I do have one, don't let me forget that I have one. Just but ask I, it now. Well, no, it has to involve Sarah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. It has I mean, to. she can probably still hear us. She's busy. <laughs> I don't know if she can or not. Um, Let's see, where are these bolts? I think I only saw, like, maybe one or two so far, so, hey, listeners, hashtag swishers. Okay. Vinny. Which Death Eater would impersonate Harry the worst? Oh my god. Um, Yaxley. Uh, no, Eater. Scabior. I don't like that dude. Is he a Death Eater or just a Snatcher? I don't know. He sucks. I'm gonna say Crab or Goyle. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because are... Harry impersonated one of them. Right. <laughs> well, are they Death Eaters or just their parents? Oh, I meant their parents, but we don't... Mm. Yeah, sorry. Crab or Goyle Sr. They would do a pretty poor job of being Um, I would think Peter Pettigrew would be a terrible... True. Ooh, or Lucius Malfoy. I think he's too uppity to fake him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any of them would do a very good job. Bellatrix. She's too crazy. She's very dramatic, so she's probably a good actress. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Um, Valmerm says, do you think Mrs. Norris tried to hit on McGonagall when she was in her animagus form? <laughs> I don't know. Does Mrs. Norris swing that way? And if she does, I mean, McGee's a looker. Swing that way? McGee's a looker, man. I mean, sure, but I'm saying, does she swing that way? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I'm okay with it, though. I can accept that ship. Um, ooh, this is a good one. Khaleesi of Hyrule asks Nice name! What other fake event would you use to get the Dursleys out of the house if you were the Order? 
a drill convention. I was just going to say something about drills. <laughs> I don't know why Vernon would take Petunia and Dudley to that, though, actually. To show off. Yeah, true. Um, What about, like, some fake thing at Smeltings? Like, Dudley oh, got yeah, some like, honor award. Yeah. Some, like, or, like, a wrestling award. Yeah. Hmm. Sarah, know. do you have any? No, I like those choices. <laughs> um, okay, Lisa asks, if you had to be paired with one of the guard for another order mission, who would you want to be partnered with? Besides Lupin. <gasps> you just ripped my heart out! Lupin? Because I would choose Lupin. If I couldn't have him, I would I would pick Tonks. If I couldn't have, I agree. If I couldn't have him, I might pick Kingsley. Oh yeah, he's Kingsley. Cool. Yeah. yeah, Kingsley or Tonks. Yeah, but but Remus. Yeah. Fun uh, fact, not for this scene because he wasn't there. But when they flew in seven, they had his broom on display at the celebration of Harry Potter, and I geeked out. They did, and it was cool. I wanted to take it off the wall and put it in my suitcase. <clears throat> Ethan, what's the first thing you would do with the powers of a metamorphom metamorphomagi? Magi. What would you try out on yourself? I would color my hair all the colors of the rainbow. I've always wanted to color my hair an unnatural color, and I've never had the opportunity to. I really, Dude. really want to. Being a metamorphagus is like having your own Snapchat filters all the time. Honestly. That's good. I would turn right? myself into a cat. <gasps> yes. Heck yeah. I would just walk around with a cat face. Yes. Just to freak people out. Yeah. I probably just would change my hair more often than I do now. You so. wouldn't have to worry about damaging it. it. <laughs> yep. Right. I mean, you could yep. change it multiple times in one day. How cool is that? I would grow a beard. So funny. I mean, realistically, <laughs> I have changed it multiple times in one day. That's not good. <laughs> I'll be changing it soon. I can't wait. What are you doing? I'm going blonde again. So I've been red be for a guess. long time. I know it's only been like five, four months, but that's a long, long time for me to be a solid color. That is, that's a while for you. Uh, another question. Maui Potter. Do you ever wonder if the adults have curses to keep warm and other things, but just forget the kids can't do it themselves? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I would forget, yeah. I've read a lot of fan fiction where, like, they'll, like, like, I've read a fan Put fiction. Put a warming charm? Yeah, they have, like, a warming charm on their coats, and, like, they're all cozy, even though they're, like, going on a winter walk together. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, it turns into something cute. If that exists, But also... Whew, Yes. I wonder if they were thinking to, like, it's it's the middle of summer and they're not really realizing, maybe, I don't know. And he didn't really realize that, like, the higher up you go, um, you know, the colder it's going to get. So. Right, right. And you're, like, flying, that's going to be chilly wind blowing in your face. Like, even in the middle of summer, anyone who rides a motorcycle has jeans and a jacket on because when you're going that fast, it's cold. Well, yeah, you should also yes. <laughs> wear things to protect yourself. That's in case. Um, Lisa asks, would you have been brave enough to sign up for the guard, especially after knowing about the recent Dementor attack? I think my answer to that would depend on if I was capable of pro pro producing a Patronus charm. <laughs> yeah, I would. I want to say that I'd be brave enough, but I really don't know if I would be. 
Did we ever see Lupin perform it, like, successfully? Um, Did we ever see his Corporal Patronus? No. Well, I don't think we see it. I don't know if he can. He can, but he, because it's a he wolf form, but he to. chooses not to because ah, it reminds yeah, him yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would, as long as, if even if I couldn't do it, if I would could make sure, like, at least someone I went with could. Yeah. Hey, shoot, you're with Harry Potter. He knows how to do it. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, Virginia asks, what do you think would have happened if there hadn't been the Dementor attack? Would Harry have ever gotten to go to Grimaud Place that summer? I think that he would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was planned anyway. Yeah. Um, I wonder yeah. if the attack pushed it up. I would say yes. Yeah, yeah. probably a little bit. Because, like, if you think back to the previous books, like, usually he was at the Dursleys for most of the summer and then it was like maybe the last couple weeks he would go to the borough. So like I bet you this was probably planned for that same type of timeline. Yeah. I have a lightning bolt question. Okay. Who was colder? Harry flying to Grimald Place or Sarah in Boston? <laughs> <laughs> It was really Salem, and right, we were right, all right. pretty cold. <laughs> I was just talking about that the other day with Jen, because I was like, the shoes I had on, like, the first time I wore them, I literally, like, I physically paused for a moment, because um, I, like, relived it. And I'm like, I don't know if I could put these shoes on. <laughs> and, like, that that happens to me. I um, Once, a couple of months ago, I was walking out of Target, and I had bought wine, and um, I always park in the specific part of Target and I have to like go over and I'm pushing the cart and I have to go over like a little bump on the sidewalk. Um, well, like my bag fell out of the cart and the, the wine bottle broke and then I'm not going to like, it's pouring rain. My wine bottle's on the floor. I went to go or on the floor on the ground. I went to go pick it up and I cut myself because oh. I wasn't going to like leave a bot like a broken bottle. So then I didn't know what to do. So I'm like bleeding significantly to the point where like I called my mom and I'm like, I might have to get stitches. Um, but I put, I put it all in my trunk because I was like, whatever. Like, I'm just more worried about my finger than like the, the broken wine bottle in my trunk. That's now wine is everywhere, not only just on the poor streets of Target and not in a glass where it should be going in my mouth. But um, I didn't need stitches. But every time I like, because I still park like roughly in the same spot. Every time I push a cart over it, I like have flashbacks to it, um, and that's how I felt with those shoes in Boston. Yeah. But I'm going to say I was colder. <laughs> I would agree. Because you were actually, all of us were, soaked to the bone. But it says yeah. Harry was too. He was soaked? It says that he was because they went through clouds. Oh, wait, no, they wanted to, he, Moody told them to go through clouds, but then Tonks was like, uh, no. Right. We'll get soaked. Right. So, yeah, probably we were colder. Yep. Sorry, Harry, we win this one. Yeah. Um. Last one, Ethan asks, where would your secret Fidelius hideout be if you had one? Target. <laughs> I would probably be um, on a beach. Honestly, I love Lake Erie. Like, just as long as I'm looking at water, like, I, like so up in Huron, maybe. Or on a beach. A little hut. I don't need much. A kitchen, a bathroom, and a bed. That's all I need. Megs would be the Cinderella suite and I Cinderella's castle. literally was going to say that. Oh, it's like I'm married to you. I was going to be like Cinderella's castle in the middle of Magic Kingdom. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> and there's so many crowds there that hopefully I could like sneak out and go ride Winnie the Pooh and then go back. <laughs> if you were a metamorphosis, you could change your <laughs> truth. I have a question. Okay. Do you think that Harry put the glass that Moody used to clean his eye like right back in the cupboard? Like I know he didn't get from the cupboard, but like, do you think he cleaned it or it was like, <laughs> use this eyeball glass now? <laughs> I hope he just put it back in there. Ew. Yeah. <coughs> oh, Heather in the chat also said, I hope he just put it back. <laughs> they deserve to have it just put back. <laughs> Gross. Eye juice. Ugh. I see you wanted a glass of water. Oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> All right. You guys ready for a fan story? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one comes from Abby Robinson. Hello, Swick. Swick. Hello, Swish and Flick podcasters. My name is Abby Robinson. I am 21 years old. I am about to graduate from college. At least when she sent this to us. And Harry Potter is my absolute favorite book series. I'm a proud Hufflepuff with a badger Patronus. Oh my god. Doesn't get much more Hufflepuff than that. And I share my birthday with Fred and George Weasley. That's awesome. Huzzah for April Fool's babies. I honestly don't remember when I started reading the series. I was pretty young, but I have read it all the way through at least five times at this point. I grew up in a very Christian household, and my parents had a lot of rules about what I could or couldn't read or watch, but for some weird and wonderful reason, they were huge ad- huge advocates of the Harry Potter books. My dad always had to read them before my brothers and I could, and when the seventh and final novel was published, we were on a family camping trip in Yellowstone National Park. I was dying to read it, but the rule still stood. Dad had to read it first. So every night, he would stay up in our pop-up camper trailer for hours reading it, and the next morning, I would catch up to his bookmark immediately. <laughs> I distinctly remember getting to the page he had ended on and being so frustrated that he read so slowly. Finally, reaching the end was satisfying, but I've always longed for more Harry Potter information. I got to visit the Harry Potter studio in England last summer, and it was absolutely incredible. Universal is next on my list. I found this podcast when I was going on a long drive one day, and I've listened to you guys talk about the first two books in only a few weeks. I'm not even rereading the books right now, and I'm eating up everything you guys discuss. I can't get enough of the four of you. Shout out to Sarah. You are my homegirl. I was so upset when you disappeared for a few episodes. Never do that again. I love hearing you guys talk about everything Harry Potter related, and I honestly feel like I'm in the room with you. Sometimes I catch myself trying to add to the conversation before I realize it doesn't work that way. My roommates might think I'm nuts. Thank you all, Katie, Tiffany, Megan, and Sarah, for bringing extra joy and laughter and magic to my day. This is a wonderful podcast, and I can't wait to catch up to the present recordings and get all the way to the end of book seven with y'all. Aw, thank you, Abby. Thanks, Abby. Also, I cannot wait for you to go to Universal. I'm super stoked that you got to go to the studio tour because that was one of the highlights of our lives. <clears throat> I have to say that I think it's really good that you did the studio tour before going to Universal. Yes, I agree with that a lot. I think that parts of the studio tour were underwhelming to me because I saw them in full scale, like, full out blown out to proportion like at universal so like parts of some of the sets were kind of like oh that's it and i was like upset with myself for being underwhelmed so i'm really glad that you got to see that stuff first before going to universal but you'll love it also like you are a true hufflepuff because you stopped at the bookmark like your dad said you had to I would not have. <laughs> yeah, I and wouldn't I, have either. I would have been the person like, I can't, I can't, because they'll know. They'll know I went ahead. But, like, geez, that takes some, uh, that takes some That's obedience. That's restrained. I couldn't, I couldn't have done that. 
Yeah. But thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right, social medias. Yep. Uh, So you can follow us on Facebook at Swish and Flick Podcast and join our Facebook group, Swish and Flick Podcast group. Um, You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Swish Flick Cast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash swish flick cast i also want to give a huge shout out to all of our patrons um again because we have officially made our donation to the wildlife warriors for australia um which is run by steve Irwin's family bindi robert and sue sue right yeah terry i don't know why i thought sue terry bindi and robert their mom (laughs) yeah um, no, your mom. <laughs> and, yeah, we were able to donate a dollar for each patron that subscribes to our Patreon, plus $5 from each of us, and it was a total of $500. So we really appreciate all the support that we get and that we were able to do that for Australia. Um, if you guys have any extra funds, they're a great organization to donate to. They do a lot of great work. They have saved 90,000 animals. So it was super awesome that we got to do that, and they will continue to save them. Yes. Uh, you might want to point out, like, just with the fires alone, like, not just with their organization. Right, That's right. how many animals they've saved just during the, these wild wild fires. Yes. I don't know why that sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Wildfires. Bush fires. I've seen videos from Kangaroo, Kangaroo Island, and it's just, like, so sad. So... I pray for all the people over in Australia and all the animals too. So, can I bring this up for a minute? <laughs> yeah, I loved this conversation that's going on in Discord. So, Lisa asked in the chat if we had to compare a lovely host to members of the guard, who would be who? Ethan. Oh, geez. You, my dude. He said, Katie would be talks because no one loves Remus as much. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> um,. Lisa suggested Tiffany as Kingsley, and then Ethan said Tiffany would be Elpheus Dodge because no one loves Dumbledore as much. I like both of those. Yes. Sarah mm-hmm. would be Daedalus Diggle, eccentric and a good time. <laughs> uh, Lisa agreed that Sarah would be Diggle, and she says, I think Megan would be a less intense version of Moody, but still in charge of all the logistics. And Ethan said, I was thinking the same. Plus, he really likes Tonks, which would be me. True. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. That's fun. Um, did you finish your social media rant? Yeah. Oh, support us on Patreon if you'd like to. Patreon.com forward slash SwishFlickCast. You get access to the Felix files. And then it also helps us, helps allow us to do awesome things like what we did for Wildlife Warriors. Um, and also like be able to go to LeakyCon, which we're going to get to do this year twice. And be able to do meetups for you guys. Do the Phoenix Plus boxes for all of our Phoenix Plus patrons, which I'm super excited to get out to you. Um, I'm sorry my cat is sneezing in the background, but yes. So thank you to all of our patrons. Also, patrons, if um, check to see if we sent you a message because we were waiting for some addresses. Because if yes. we don't have an address, we can't send you your welcome packet. So, Yep. Also, some Phoenix Plus patrons have not replied to me with their t-shirt size and their house. And that is important for this box that is coming out so just check your messages if you're a patron thank you thank you okay do you want to go first since i've been talking a lot sure um (laughs) what else is going on in the life of you oh my gosh my cat is being so loud i'm really sorry guys yeah he's 
dealing with the cold, you know, the usual. <laughs> um, what's going on in our lives? So we just finished up our big, huge wedding project, and it was awesome and amazing, and I can't believe it's over. It's, like, relief and sadness at the same time. It's yeah. so funny to me that Jen went to school with her. She was literally talking right? about her. She's like, I went to school with this girl. She's getting married this weekend, blah, 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 blah. And then she's texting me on Sunday, and I was like, I don't know if that's her. And I creeped, and it was like, yep, that was her. That's so funny. Yeah, that's small It was a world. Harry Potter-themed wedding, yeah. and it was beautiful. And if you guys want to see pictures of it, you can go to our Etsy at Whimsy Creative Design. And I posted some pictures. Instagram. What did I say? Etsy. Oh, I'm sorry. Instagram, yes. Yeah, uh, so yeah. <clears throat> we're looking for another design job. So <laughs> if anyone needs anything that designed. that was so fun. Yeah. It was it so up. fun. We did hand-painted signs. We did her program, her invites, her... We made her chocolate frog cards for her wedding. Signage around um, the place. Yeah, signage that was, like, Wizarding World themed to, like, direct people to cocktail hour. And the bar was the Leaky Cauldron, so we made, like, a bar sign. She had a Honeydukes table for a candy bar. And and who knew that we could also be decorators? <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? I have a huge to-do list right now for Swish and for um our other podcast friends watching friends if you guys like friends um we are fast approaching the end of season one and we've got like six episodes left i think uh and i'm really loving friends so it's a really fun podcast if you want to check it out we do it with our friend chrissy um and she's like a friend's expert who knows absolutely everything. She runs the show on that podcast, and we're just kind of like her tag-alongs. So, yeah, so check us out at Friends Watching Friends Pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm not doing anything but school, so that's my life. <laughs> Hopefully by this time, by the time it comes out, I'll know if I can apply to the nursing program or not. So, woo When do you find that's out? exciting. Um, I I have a meeting next week with um, an advisor, and then I figure out, I just have to figure out what else I have to do to apply. Awesome. So I might be starting it either next semester or the semester after that. Hopefully, it'll be soon so I can end it soon. (laughs) Good vibes to O'Malley. Oh, and then she's, so I had my eyes checked because I was, I'm thinking of getting LASIK surgery, and I met a listener. Um. She's not caught up yet. She's like on episode 90, I think she told me. But she was super sweet. Her name was Kayla. Um, and if I get the surgery, I will see her again. But she was super, super sweet. That's so when awesome. you get to this episode, thank you so much for being awesome. Thank you for listening. And I had a good time at the doctor's office. <laughs> That's, <hilarious. looked> at. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it was a good time. All right. Who's doing this closing? You started it, you gotta end it. What? Unless Sarah wants to, but she doesn't like reading other people's lines, so I'm gonna assume that that's a big hard no. Alright. Well, that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. (gasps) Amazing! Jump in my voice! Now that we're talking about our tattoos, mine itches. <laughs> Yours looks Mine's almost so much healed. better than mine. almost there. Okay, now how to get out of here. I need you to go away. Thank you. Escape. 
Yeah, Ethan, absolutely. Like, I don't know how she does it. He says being a teacher is like working in a Petri dish. <laughs> she was trying to make it all day, and she's like, I'm gonna take one more nap and see how I feel, and she's just like, I can't do it. So, she tried, guys, she tried. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.